death. It is only a transition to a different sphere of consciousness. Carol Ann is not like those she's with. She is a living presence in their spiritual earthbound plane. Hello and welcome to episode 5 of the Talking to the Dead podcast. It seems every week so far just before we do communicate, my spirit guide Titan wants me to briefly explain a concept which will probably explain some of what we're about to hear. And as always, this um, communication seems to start at least 24 hours before I sit down. And actually this started yesterday uh, on the way home, and every day I go home on my bicycle, and it was cold and wet and getting increasingly dark, and I saw all the car lights coming towards me, one after another, and what struck me immediately was this message I was getting. It was remarkably interesting how... All the lights coming towards me in the cars were coming one after another, and it was a two-lane highway, so there were two cars parallel. And you really couldn't make out the cars at all until they got closer. But what you could see far off was the procession of, of headlights as they came towards you. Some were bright, some were not so bright. Some were a different color white, some were more of a cream white or a dusty white. Uh, some almost yellow, some with a bit of a blue tinge. And it just struck me that the message that was coming through to me was light. I wasn't too sure then exactly how that was going to take me. But overnight and then again this morning, it became very clear to me that I needed to talk about light and probably light beings and who are light beings and what is the importance of light I've heard about it before myself, um, that somehow we are beings of light. And I know myself from, uh, again, being young, I've managed to see auras around people, at least when they stand in front of um, a white background. Uh, I never really kind of studied it much, but I was always able to see these colors uh, very vividly. And I could feel more than just the color I was seeing. I could feel a vibration and emotion connected with it. I think also light is something that is very commonly used to describe goodness. Uh, it's used in the church, I think, very much as a sign of godliness and uh, sanctity. And also I think light is something that comes to mind whenever you hear about death and how uh, certainly in the Poltergeist movie, Tangina was encouraging people to move towards the light. Now, uh, me and my friend Linda are great fans of synchronicity, and uh, shortly before I started today, um, we had a message going backwards and forwards, and she wanted me to look at a website, or at least on YouTube, a, a, a particular video, and, and it's a couple of German guys who were talking about psychic stuff, and I immediately just went there, and at random, I just pushed the button, and it was about light. So there you go. So something definitely is going on. And I think perhaps as we get into this podcast, it'll become more obvious. But what I was been 
What I was feeling I needed to say, what was being passed through to me, I think, was to try to describe exactly what light beings are. So let's see where that takes us as we move on now. So first of all, uh, hello to my spirit guide or to anybody out there who would like to communicate with me. Um, please would you come forward and what is your name? So I'm getting the name Jacob or the name Jack. I'm not too sure which one. Yes, I think Jack seems more comfortable. Um, Jack is is telling me that he was um, a painter um, and he was actually involved in construction as well but his main job was painting. Um, he's showing me uh, what looks like a cathedral, a church building um, and I think he was involved in painting the interior of this church. Uh, I can see this huge cathedral, I can't really identify it myself um, and it does, again, seem to be quite a long time ago in terms of our time now. Um, he's showing me this um, large uh, kind of scaffold that he would climb up and he would, he would climb to the top and he would paint. But he would be painting uh, lying on his back. And yes, and I think he would then be painting ceilings. So, Jack, uh, thank you for coming to speak to me. Um, why do you want to come and speak to me today? And um, tell me, when did you die exactly? Well, he's, he's telling me that he had an accident again. He, f he fell off his trellis. Um, he, in fact, I think, um, you know, he's actually showing me that there was an earthquake. Um, and this earthquake was so violent um, that... The trellis fell, but also um, rocks and stuff came off the ceiling and actually hit him and hit his trellis. And he ended up falling a great distance uh, and rather uh, sadly dying uh, while he was actually uh, doing painting work in this church. Um, how would you, Jack, experience uh, death? How, was your, how would you describe your experience of death? Um, he, he is wanting to tell me that the experience for death was 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 very quick for him. Um, although it wasn't so quick for other people, he said that there were a number of people who were killed or very, very badly injured that day. Um, and he was very, very mindful that in a way he had a quick death. Um, but many other people were very badly injured and died over the course of days and weeks from their injuries. Um, and he says that his experience of death um, was instantaneous and he just um, was more thinking when he was passed on about those left behind who hadn't yet joined him and the sadness he felt for them going through such pain and agony after their accidents. So Jack, do you feel um, any love or hate towards anyone or anything now? And if so, why? Well, um, Okay, he, he actually is rather resentful of the, the, the church because he was working within this church and he feels that in a way the life he led as a painter and he was a very devout religious person 
uh, and he dedicated many, many years to the service of the church and decorating this uh, cathedral, uh, as did a number of his friends. And I think he's wanting to say that he was actually rather disappointed that the, the accident uh, and it happened in a church, and, and that's a huge regret because he feels it's almost ironic that um, you know, you're, you're working in a house of God and next minute you're being killed in that house of God. So, Jack, how do you see the world and its challenges today from, from the other side, from your side? Jack is, um, he's sort of, he seems to be slightly upset with me. Um, he's just said, you know, why do you care? Um, he feels that um, it's totally inconsequential um, what he feels about our situation in life. So, Jack, could you tell me why why you're angry and why you're upset? Um, he's still very upset about the circumstances surrounding his death and the death of his friends. He is very, very angry still. And I think he feels that um, he needs to get out of this state and he needs to move on because it's it's kind of dragging him down. So maybe, Jack, it's, it's just best if um, I either let you go or, or maybe you would like just to say something else. Um, he says he will. He wants to briefly talk about the act of creation. Um, this is something that he feels that was very important to him. And um, yes, I suppose, Jack, I've, I've heard about this before. Um, the sense of the importance that we create things. And tell me what you want to say. Um, he's showing me um, where he is now, and he's actually sitting in front of um, a painting easel. Um, and it's like a class. He's got a lot of people sitting with him. Um, and he's painting things. I can't quite see what he's painting. Um, and so he's actually showing me that he is designing things and he's painting things now and he's creating things and he gets a huge amount of pleasure out of that. He's, again, I think, giving me the message that I've felt before um, that once he's passed on, he's got this opportunity to, um, to create things or, or to learn more about creation or getting ideas for creation. Um, and he feels that um, that is, yes, this is what he's saying, that when he decided the life that he was going to live as a painter, um, this is what he chose to bring with him and a number of his friends, and that was to dedicate his, his, his human life to painting and to bringing um, artistic beauty into the world to be admired by people and uplifted by what they saw. So, Jack, is it true that after we die, um, we meet with a spirit guide or with other people to evaluate our lives and our choices? And Jack is saying that, uh, yes, that is true, but it doesn't happen straight away. Um, he says that it is very important to, um, to, to get a chance to, um, I suppose, forgive and forget some of the things that have happened. Um, but then again, um, he does definitely have a chance to decide what he wants to do next if he wants to do anything at all um, so Jack it sounds to me like uh, in a way you've either got some unfinished business uh, and he said yes that's exactly it that's why he's angry 
um, he's got a lot of unfinished business and he felt in a way um, sort of stifled in what he managed to achieve and he wants to um, really come back into human form again as a painter as well uh, in order to finish some of the work that he had started. So Jack, is there anyone else you would like to pass a message through me? Um, yes, he, he has somebody else there with him as well. Um, he has a, a young girl, and I can see this young girl. Um, and she's dressed in a very pretty dress, um, and she um, apparently wants to pass a message to someone who is living. Uh, could you tell me what she wants to pass over, Jack? Oh, this is quite sad in a way. Um, he tells me that he's kind of looking after this girl. Um, and this girl has just recently passed over. I can't really say how recent is recent. It could be, I suppose, days, weeks, years. But um, she she is with him and he's looking after her. And he's wanting to pass a message to this little girl's parents who are still alive. Um, and I think they lost their daughter. And she is quite lonely. And I think she misses her parents very much. Um, and her parents, I'm sure, miss her. But she wants us to pass on the message to her parents. And her parents, by all accounts, they live in Amsterdam, in Holland. Um, and she's telling me that she drowned uh, she drowned while swimming off a beach um, very recently. And she said that uh, I think her father tried to swim out to rescue rescue her. Um, but she it was too late. She was already drowned. Um, but she wants her parents to know that although she desperately misses them, where she is now, she is being looked after by Jack and other people there. And she she, she knows the situation and she's going to carry on uh, living her life where she is now, uh, with learning new things with new people, uh, and for them not to worry too much. I think that's really nice. Thank you very much, Jack, for coming through to speak to me. Is there anyone else who would like to come through and speak to me now? Ah, uh, so now I understand, and I can now see... Um, and it's a very interesting thing because I see it in my mind's eye and I can feel it as well. I can feel the darkness, but in the middle of that darkness is a, a brightness, but it's not a complete light. It's kind of blending into the darkness. So it's, it's, um, it's, it's, it's not bright light. It's just a dim light, but it seems to be such a distance away. So if I could perhaps ask, um, are you a spirit? Uh, what is your name? Can you tell me about yourself? Um, I'm finding it very hard to communicate. Um, it's not really, this. the spirit is not really producing uh, any language I can understand. It's showing me things. So what I'm seeing... I'm seeing the light, but I'm seeing radiations of light coming off it, many different colors, like a rainbow. And I'm getting the message in my mind of what, what, what this entity wants me to say. Um, this light, as it's coming towards me, is starting to go over my head as well. And I feel like I'm in a tunnel. 
and this tunnel is extremely brightly lit at the end and it's reflected off the walls of the tunnel as I move forward in, in, in a whole range of sparkly colors and it's very beautiful. Um, and at the end of that tunnel I can see this, this huge whiteness of light. It's being described to me that consciousness is what I'm seeing. I'm seeing a spiritual consciousness that is representing itself to me as light. Um, but I'm being told that there is no such thing, if you like, as a light being. Um, what there is is um, a manifestation of consciousness that to me as human appears to be light and appears to be of a certain type of light, a certain intensity of light. It's just a, a way to try to convey to me um, that there is, I suppose, something there. It's not a state that um, these beings, I'm being told, uh, live in. They don't live, you know, as light beings. In fact, um, it's quite funny. I, I'm getting this feeling that I'm being taught something here that, you know, how stupid it would be if if all these beings would be bright lights, you know, it would just be almost blinding and you wouldn't be able to see anything. So it's not. It's just a representation of some form of spiritual being, some dimensional being way beyond the physical realm. And we interpret it as being different types of light. And he, um, the colors seem to be important as well. Um, it seems to be almost a concept beyond my grasp, but the, the colors change. And the colors change according to um, the type of light being or the consciousness that we're dealing with. I'm, I'm getting this feeling that I'm not just dealing with uh, the consciousness of one person. Um, so again, I'm being corrected here that there are, there are no such things as light beings. Um, they are these collective forces of energy, of consciousness, um, that that come together and they represent um, probably hundreds of thousands of individual consciousnesses, and they all come together. They are they are attracted together for various reasons of similarity or interest or history um, or um, type, and 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 they are very focused uh, light beings that are all together and representing one particular thing. I would love to know uh, what effect um, this light consciousness um, has on our human species. Ah, it's interesting. And I'm being told that um, there are, again, almost a limitless number of these collections of light consciousness, and all with uh, a minusculely different a shade of color to us that we can see but they um, are attracted or we're we're attracted at death to one or other of these consciousnesses based on our beliefs and our feelings and and how we chose to um, to live um, when we were planning our life we came from this particular consciousness and it's always there if you like um, with us and when we die, we go back to that consciousness. Uh, and it's being said to me that we actually never leave 
um, that particular consciousness. So although there may be, as it, as it seems to be, um, infinitesimally uh, an, an enormous variance of different conscious light manifestations, we are only connected to one of these unique manifestations and these manifestations can be made made up of almost limitless numbers of consciousnesses that's an interesting thing it's almost like we come from each of us come from our own sort of unique planet but many of us come from that same planet out there and um, but we don't sort of move into these other consciousnesses at all um, we're aware of these other consciousnesses, apparently, and we can interrupt with them, well, interrupt, in, interact with them, um, I'm being told, but um, we, we, our root, if you like, is within a particular uh, consciousness that we could call as a, a light consciousness. So I think, yes, I'm, I'm being shown this because, again, it's like that um, idea that when we die we sort of follow a light but what it's what I'm being what I'm being told is that it's not that we're following a light we're returning to a light so we're not going down a mystical tunnel um, towards a, a random light um, it's not that at all um, this light is part of us it's part of us now each of us are part of this a consciousness of of light um, with as I said in unlimited number of people uh, or consciousnesses or entities within it uh, we're just we're just part of it we never leave it so in a way the whole idea of going back or coming out of it is all rather silly because um, we never leave it we, we take it with us it's just that while we're manifesting our, manifesting ourselves as a as human species um, we recognize that we concentrate on our physical bodies and our physical existence far more than the spiritual or light um, existence that we we have on top of that. Yes, I'm I'm really pleased to have to have gotten that out because I think that's the, the very much the message that was wanting to come through from my spirit guide was this idea of of light. And um, maybe to correct perhaps my misconception and perhaps other people's misconceptions um, about this kind of moving towards the light. It's, it's, it's nothing that I'm being told would ever have a problem moving towards. Um, it's, it's not true that when we die, we get stuck. Uh, I've obviously felt that with other people. That's not because we're stuck. It's because we want to be. We have our free will. Some people are not ready yet when they die to move back into or to become part again of this huge uh, light consciousness that we are always a part of. We want to still keep nearer the human side of it, this, this dimension, uh, and we resist rejoining because either we've got a problem or you know, that we haven't been, like I think Jack felt, that he felt that he was angry and he felt almost betrayed, uh, and he didn't want to return yet because he was so annoyed that it had ended and it had ended in such a tragic way. Although I, th I do get that sense from Jack that he pretty much has moved away, um, but he wanted to, to come back again and to try to relive his life because it hadn't been quite the way that he'd hoped it would be. So that's an interesting one. So is anybody else there today who would like to come and communicate through me yes I I just had a very strong feeling from my spirit guide 
that perhaps we've got to the point now um, where I can actually feel strong enough to be able to help people. Um, and this was, again, something that happened at the weekend. I woke up after getting a very strong message from my spirit guide, Titan, and she told me that what I needed to do was to set up uh, an email account um, that I could put on my podcast and that people could actually um, not only give feedback to me, but could also provide me with questions uh, uh, and information about um, people they would like contact with. She felt that this was going to be a very important part, uh, a very important part of the process of me opening myself up to channel here. So yes, um, I think that's the message I want to give now is if you look on the podcast, you'll see that there is an email address and it's called, unsurprisingly, talkingtothedead.gmx.de. So I think it's going to be important for people who have the courage uh, and I, you don't have to give too much personal information if you want to just put your question maybe who you want to contact or something you want to know. And I can put that out there and get the feedback back. So, yeah, that seems to be important to put that right now. Um, and and on, on that note, I've just a guy called James has just come through. Um, he is um, he's a very smart guy. He's dressed in a, in a very nice business suit. Um, he feels quite familiar to me. He, he looks like he works or did work in the city of London uh, and maybe is some form of trader or maybe um, some sort of businessman. Um, and yes, he's coming in very strongly and showing me that, showing me that he was working in business. He, he's showing me actually his bowler hat. So I presume this isn't more, quite so recently. I don't think businessmen wear those anymore. <laughs> Uh, I think his name is James. Um, and so, James, uh, thank you for coming by. Uh, why are you showing me you in your business suit and your bowler hat? Uh, and again, he's saying to me that every day he would get dressed in his kind of almost city uniform and he would walk along his street and he would eventually um, get into the London underground um, and he would make his way to his work. Um, so why why are you wanting to show me this, and why is this so important to you, James? Um, I think James is he's giving me this message that his life was extremely ordinary. Um, he just went to work every day like most people do, I suppose. Um, there was nothing particularly special about his life at all. Um, he's sure that most people have forgotten who he was. Um, but he was he's wanting just to show show to me um, that that it, it it that was inconsequential the fact that he had a very ordinary perhaps mundane life um, it was part of his choice to to have that life um, and he's telling me that the reason he had that life was not necessarily just because he wanted to become a businessman and and, and live in London. He said that it was again he a collection of people in his um, dimension that had decided to come and do the same thing together. And he said that's a message that he feels that he wanted to pass to me. Is that um, when we pass on and we sit around and we perhaps decide what we're going to do next. Um, it's not always our, our particular choice to do it. It's a kind of almost a, 
a democratic decision that somebody says, well, why don't we do that? And he said that's, you know, people just join and uh, join along. And um, he says that may help you understand why some people think, well, wh why would I have chosen a particular life? What, what would be the point of that life? But he said it's because um, it's more than the fact that, um, that, you, that you were there. The fact that you were part of that process and you interact with people who have chosen particular of particular bodies to be in and it's it's a group effort it's a team effort he's telling me that they come together and they create situations and environments and and probabilities together that will change for whatever reason that person wants to change um, something on earth or to help something on earth I think that's really nice that um, you you can just almost selflessly um, come along and, and join people who, who want to live a particular life and be a part of the cast, if you like, of, of that life um, and, um, yeah, to help each other. Yes, I think James is also showing me that when you come and you live a life, no, no matter how mundane it may seem, how ordinary it may seem in the scheme of things, um, the effect that you're having is huge. Um, because not only do you have children, perhaps, or do you have a wife, or do you interrelate with people, do you have a positive or negative impact on other people around you? He said, it's, it's not an accident. Um, we're all part of a, a, a group that want to do things in a certain way and interact in a certain way. That's really the best way I think I can explain what he's trying to say to me. James... Um, is there anything else you would like to say? Is there anything else that you, any advice you've got for, for people who are living? Again, almost before I finished asking James that question, he was um, already pointing out to me that this is what's important in life. He said that some people um, spend their life in the pursuit of super yachts and billions and massive houses and huge wealth. Uh, and he says this is completely pointless. Um, it's something that some people choose to do, but in his in his mind, he feels it's a rather pointless exercise. It it doesn't mark you out as any better in 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 the realms of of spiritual advancement at all. It's not a negative thing necessarily either, but he feels that it's perceived in our earthly uh, environment that you've only sort of made it if you've become wealthy or you've got things to show for it. And he feels this competitiveness is really unhelpful. Um, it's not so much um, that, you know, the more poverty-stricken you are, the more spiritual you are either, he wants to say. Um, he said he's heard that many times, that people who uh, get involved in the church or spiritualism or helping people see almost... Um, poverty as as a redeeming factor. He says it, that's not true either. He says it's it's just a question of everyone recognizing that everyone has equal worth, and nobody is better than anyone else. Uh, and it becomes abundantly clear uh, to him. And I think that's what he's now saying is that that was probably his choice because in his physical earth life he was very consumed by money. He's saying how he lived in a very nice part of London, in a nice house, he had a very good job, um, he'd become extremely successful in his life. Um, and he probably got a bit too consumed by um, the money aspect of things, and he wants to point that out. 
Um, and the lesson he learned from that uh, was that it's all totally unimportant um, because it has no bearing on our, our energy consciousness and, and, the, and the entities that we really are. Um, it, it has its purpose, um, but he says, please, you know, don't spend your life worrying about what, what you've been able to be successful at or, or not be successful at, because in the end, um, you, you're, we're all going to die, and we, and, you know, the classic cliche, you can't take it with you. Um, and that's exactly how it should be, and it should be how it should be viewed. Um, right, thank you very much, James. Uh, and uh, as um, James was actually almost being rushed off there because Titan wanted me to say something, um, and I think she felt this is very important. And it was probably related to um, the idea of wealth and poverty. And I have, um, this has been in my mind, and perhaps this is why I'm thinking about it, is that I'm always very deeply suspicious um, of people who, stud who look into becoming psychic in order to make money. And I think I mentioned that in a previous uh, podcast, um, that yes, I can certainly understand, and I know my friend Linda has sort of convinced me of that, that it's very right that if you have expenses as a as a psychic medium that you should be able to um, charge something or at least generate some income in order to be, to be able to live because how else are you going to do it but um, I, 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 I was drawn um, I was drawn in the last few days to a particular psychic who um, I'm not terribly sure how authentic or not she is. Again, I don't want to name her, but she is a lady, um, and you can definitely find her out. She's very, very well known, and um, she's written a number of books, and she runs all sorts of self-help camps um, around the world, and she's done a lot of, um, a lot of publicity. Uh, and I think what uh, Titan is wanting me to say to to everybody is that just be careful with these people because um, this particular person is is probably not quite what she seems, and she does make thousands and thousands um, trying to convince people that she has some gift and that she's going to be able to make you wealthy or she can help you with suicidal thoughts. And uh, Titan's really warning me that um, the, 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 the thin dividing line between um, people who are claiming to be uh, able to help people with their lives and those people who are trying just to make money out of people by fooling them is extremely thin and how we should be so, so careful. Um, I think it's, she's, she's telling me that this particular medium that I'm thinking of um, probably has convinced herself and almost created a cult and probably genuinely thinks that she really is communicating with what is good and what is helpful. And, and maybe in some way, uh, and I'm, yeah, she's telling me now, Titan is telling me I shouldn't perhaps myself be too... Uh, condemning about these people because um, you know for whatever reason they've their choices in 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 uh, in the other dimension was to come back and to do that and in in some way they believe that they really are helping people and and I'm sure there are thousands of followers of this particular medium um, who do believe they're be they're receiving help 
and probably feel that she saved them in some way or other um, or given them hope or a chance or some form of comfort. So I shouldn't be quite so judgmental about it. But I think Titan is just wanting me to to point out that it is really important to be careful and, and not to put your trust in too much um, and to be wary of, of the, the mediums who appear to be um, benefiting hugely financially from, from being a medium. Um, but again, she's saying to me that it's, poverty is not necessarily the virtue uh, and there is no reason why um, you, you shouldn't make some form of living from it. But that's very different from people who are completely lying and probably do not have any spiritual gift and are pretending to have messages or are pretending to help people in order to enrich themselves. So yes, that was uh, quite an interesting way to end this week's um, podcast. So um, that's the message really um, for the future. And this is a challenge to all of you who are out there. And I know there are a lot of you because I can see on my podcast statistics from Spotify, for instance, that um, thousands of people are listening to this podcast or have searched it or have seen it. So um, I know that you're there. Um, and please don't feel shy. Um, I think the benefits to me and the benefits to you of sending me a message by my email. Um, and as I said, you don't have to um, release your personal information. Just give me a question. Tell me a bit about yourself and, and what you want to learn. And I hope that therefore, therefore I can be of help. And maybe as that medium said to me many years ago, somehow I can help humanity, which is really the only reason I'm doing this. <laughs> Thanks again. 